Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. Welcome, Browns backers. I'm Chuck Campisi, joined by Tony Dick, and this is Believe in the Browns. And just to give you a quick background on who your hosts are, Tony Dick worked in various capacities with the Browns over the course of 21 seasons with the team. So when he mentions being in the building, it's being in the building. He started with the team as a member of the grounds crew in 91. Worked with them up until the time they left for the city who shall not be named. Uh, <laughs> he rejoined the Browns upon their return to Cleveland and served his last nine years with the team as the team's manager of alumni relations before leaving in October of 2015. Tony is also a member of the Pro Football Researchers Association and has served as a research assistant for several documentary projects with NFL Films, NBC Sports, Time Warner Cable Sports Channel, and Epics. Myself, I have experience in the sports industry in various capacities with Major League Baseball teams, NCAA programs, the Miami Dolphins, the Buffalo Bills, and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, where I earned a Super Bowl ring with the Buccaneers. Super Bowl, anybody? 37. 37. Uh, and between Tony and I, we probably worked about 20 Super Bowls. We're brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Do you believe? Welcome, Browns backers. It's Chuck Campisi here with Tony Dick on Believe in the Browns, brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Do you believe? If you enjoy the show, please subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, TuneIn, or wherever you find your favorite podcasts. You can find us at Believe.com or at Believe Podcasts. That's at B-L-E-A-V podcast. You can also find us at Browns Believe. That's at Browns B-L-E-A-V. And Browns backers, well, we may not be able to be at the games. We can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Tony hit the trifecta last week, went 3-0, went 2-1. I did take the under, went against my better thoughts. Took the under, should have stuck with my over picks, but that's okay. I'm 23 and 10 on the season. Tony is 20 and 13. So regardless of who you're going with, you're making money this year. From game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any place online. And there's always the online casino. It never closes. 
So head to betonline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's betonline.ag and sign up today. BetOnline, your online sports book experts. Tony, the Browns are 8-3 and three after 12 straight years of finishing under 500, the Browns will finally finish at least 500. And with a couple, shall we say, not great teams on the schedule, looks like they're going to have a winning record here. Uh, so what are your thoughts on the Jags game as, as we approach this Titans game coming up this week? Uh, you know, the Jags game, we, we got the win. And I guess that's... I guess you just need to focus on that and move on if you're the coach and you're the team. It it was another, um, you know, just kind of sloppy game, a game that, um, you know, I felt like we were never like fully in control, like we were dominating. And and I thought, you know, it was a game that we should have dominated. So in that regard, I I guess we just got to get over that. And, and, hey, we're we're finding ways to win and we're winning. But um, this week, you know, coming up, I, I don't, you know, I don't think we're going to be able to get away with that. Uh, we're going to have to certainly play a lot better than we did. Get- are you saying you think the Tennessee Titans are better than the Jacksonville Jaguars? Well, <laughs> I'm looking at our last two weeks. We beat the Texans by three. We squeaked one out over the Eagles by five. And then we beat the Jaguars by two. And now we've got the Tennessee Titans, who are, who are kind of, you know, they've been up and down this year. But, I mean, they came out of the gate pretty hot. And I think there's certainly a team that, is more respectable uh, than than our previous three, um, you know, opponents. But um, yeah, yeah, we're we're gonna have to clean things up, um, and we're you know we're traveling there, so that's a little bit different. Um, so yeah, we're gonna have to um, gonna have to tighten things up a little bit. I, I like the talk that's coming out of the locker room. I think Stefanski has kind of acknowledged some of the shortcomings. I know Baker yesterday acknowledge publicly some of his shortcomings and that he realizes what they are and um, he's willing to correct them. Uh, so those are all good things. But at some point, the talk has, has got to um, – it's it's got to actually flesh out on the field, and, and we've yet to have that happen this season. So, Yeah, I mean, from Baker, it just sounds like a whole lot of what Matt Patricia was saying in – in Detroit, right? I mean, and he got canned is, hey, yeah, we just, we got to next week. We just got to do this and do that. And we got to ramp up this. And and then they never do it. And he's yeah. he hasn't done it. I mean, to his credit, he hasn't been throwing interceptions. So that's fine. But he also hasn't been throwing touchdowns uh, and missing that <laughs> Richard Higgins. I mean, well, I, I, I think, think the kid that started for the Broncos could have maybe completed that pass. It, I mean, there wasn't... It, you you know you do the game days for zebra the advanced tech there wasn't a player within 10 yards of Rashard Higgins and he missed him yeah well and and you know you talk about the fact that he's not throwing interceptions i think that's because he's he's also overthrowing and underthrowing the defender <laughs> he's he's not you know you can't throw an interception if the ball is where no one is at when you uh, throw it. So, um, yeah, you, you know, he's just we, – we've said it all year. I, I've said it since day one. Um, you, you know, the height, I think, is a problem when he's when he's deep in the po- – you know, when he's in the pocket um, and, and the pocket starts to collapse on him, he, he has trouble finding and locating the receivers. Um, and I just think 
I don't know. He just has so much still to work on, which is, you know, we're in year three here. And, and at some point, um, you got to just stop talking and start doing. And um, so, I, you know, I, but hey, we'll see what happens this week. I mean, this week will be the true test. I mean, because I think we finally, you know, we keep saying, well, this is a must win week, must win week. I don't know if this week is a must win week because looking at the schedule, we're going to make the playoffs. We're going to win uh, at least. I'm thinking 10, maybe 11 games minimum. Um, but but the thing with this game this week is we we this is our opportunity to finally meet the expectations, to finally put the words into motion. And and I think this could be a complete game changer for this team because if we beat Tennessee, then we can finally tell people, hey, listen, we beat Tennessee, we beat Indianapolis, which I guess is a game we're all kind of forgetting a little bit. We've beaten some quality teams. We are a we are truly a contender. We are not just a team that's beaten up on the Jaguars and in a banged up Eagles team and, and the Texans. Like we are beating legitimate teams, um, teams that are contenders. So I guess this is you know this is where the rubber either hits the road or we get smacked down like we did in Week One against the Bengals, and we go back to hey we're a team that can beat you know, sub 500 teams and, and beat them up. Well, well, I don't want to say, well, I mean, we'll, we'll beat them by at least two points. Um, <laughs> you know, um, yeah, I think this is, a, this is a pivotal week for us. I, I don't want to say it's must win, but if you want to be considered a contender, you better lose. You better lose that, that style that you used against the Jaguars, Eagles and, and Texans, the just squeaking by and a ugly wins a win. That's not going to fly when we get to Tennessee. You're going to have to play a good game against this team. They are well coached. Um, they are certainly experienced, and and they're looking. You know, they're in the same spot we're in. I, I mean, I think people have kind of been questioning them the last couple of weeks, and and they're they're hungry. I mean, they made a deep run last year, and they they're looking to continue that. You know, we're looking that we're looking to do what they did last year. You know, they were a nine and seventeen that made a a deep run. We're looking to be that team, but in order to be that team, we got to beat that team, and that's where this week, um, you know, like I said, it's going to be it's going to be an interesting game. It's going to be interesting, interesting to see what happens here. Yeah, and that's where I would say I I don't know if I would jump the gun yet on, on making the playoffs because if if you lose this week and then you know yeah I think you're going to get the games against I'm going to say you're going to win against the Jets and the Giants. But that Baltimore game, because they're going to be fighting for their lives and and Pittsburgh, right, depending on the circumstances that they're in at that point, because as I don't, they're not obviously going to be playing for fighting for a playoff spot, but they could be fighting for that number one seed. So that game might still matter to them. And then if you lose the game to Baltimore, because their remaining schedule isn't that great either, right? They have Dallas, they have us, they have Jacksonville, the Giants and Cincinnati. So the Browns are the only winning team with a winning record left on their schedule. They could run the table. If they do and they beat us, that puts them at 11 wins. And even if we ended up getting to 11 wins, then they hold the tiebreaker against us. Yeah. And then if you're looking at the Raiders, the Raiders have the Jets, the Colts, the Chargers, the Dolphins, and the Broncos. So a tougher schedule, but not, an impossible schedule, and if if we don't win against either the Titans, the Ravens, or the Steelers, and we don't get to 11 wins, and we're at 10 wins with them, 
then they hold the tiebreaker against us because they beat us head to head. So yeah. that's where I would say, you know, I wouldn't necessarily jump the gun on the playoffs yet. Do I think the Browns are going to make the playoffs? Yes, I do. But I really think they're going to have to win this week or next week in Tennessee or Baltimore. I'm going to, you know, push the Pittsburgh game out of the the realm right now to ensure that they make the playoffs. I'm going to say they're going to, if because you know what, if they lose to the Jets or the Giants, they don't deserve to make the playoffs. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> so I'm just gonna I'm just gonna put those in the win column because I'm just gonna say, you know what, if if they don't win both of those games, then it doesn't even matter because they don't deserve to be there. Uh, you know, it was an interesting win against the Jags. It just you know, Baker, you know, for the second time this season, uh, topped 250 yards at least, but it was not, it was not a well played, you know, 250 yards. It's not like, Hey, you know, he hit the passes he was supposed to hit. I mean, it's just, it's just, he hasn't been there and guys have, you know, I've heard people talking, Oh, you know what? Hey, it took Jared Goff a little while and it took, uh, you know, Ryan, look at Ryan Tannehill and what he's doing. You know what? Ryan Tannehill was in a horrible scheme yeah. His when he was down in Miami. When you put him in the right scheme, then he finally got what he needed, well, right? Baker's in the right scheme, and he's not performing. And Jared Goff, you know, last time I checked, he took a team to the Super Bowl. Yeah, that defense is great, but you know what? He has games that are great games. Does he have games that are you know, quote unquote Baker esque? Yes, he does. But you know what he also has? He has games that are of an MVP caliber as well. And we haven't seen, you know, maybe one of those out of Baker in his entire career. So that's the thing is, as you said, he's in year three. This is not a guy that's in year one. This is not a guy that's in year two. And I understand it's a new coach, it's a new coordinator, it's a new scheme, but he is not executing and he's not executing the simple plays. We already talked about the play to Higgins. Didn't even mention the fourth quarter pass to Kareem hunt. And it's, it's just a every week it's yeah, we're getting by, we're getting by, we're getting by now this week against the Titans, you're facing an NFL caliber defense. You're not facing the, you know, 32nd ranked defense in the NFL. And how are you going to perform? Well, you know, and I'll say this too, it's going to sound odd, but um, the the reason he had the 250 yards, I, I think it's on him. It's his fault that he had 250 yards. And what I mean by that is if he had hit the passes that <clears throat> were wide open, that he overthrew, underthrew in the first two quarters, he probably could have left the game with under 200, <laughs> had two more touchdowns, and we would have run the ball the whole entire second half. I mean, the fact that we still had to throw the ball in the second half, I, I mean, is it, obviously you're going to throw every once in a while. But, I mean, we, you know, there were times where we were scrambling to try to win this game. And, and this game should have been over by halftime. If So that, that to me, the, to, the 250 – yeah, kudos, clap your hands, and you got 250 yards. But he should have, you know, if you're looking for that, if you're going to compare him, because you know when we get in these arguments, we talked about this, you get in these arguments with people, and, and I tell folks, we're, we're not going to go to the Super Bowl with this kid. I, I'm sorry. I, I, I don't, in, unless he vastly approve, improves, 
Um, we're not going to the Super Bowl with this kid. He's not. He's he's not that talented. And then people will come back. Well, what about Trent Dilfer? What about you, you know Brad Johnson? Hey, Trent Dilfer. Say what you want about Trent Dilfer. He's making those passes that Baker missed. Okay, and he's managing the game, and he's giving the team an opportunity to make first downs and to keep the defense off the field. This kid is not doing that. I mean, and as we get deeper and deeper into this season, our defense is already suspect. And, and to have them can, you know, we, we get the ball, we do a three and out, they come right back on the field, they fight, you know, kind of bend but don't break. We get the ball back, three and out, they're right back on the field. You can't do that. Uh, and, and uh, you know, to compare – don't make the comparison of Baker to Dilfer or the Baker to Brad Johnson. You got to make a comparison to, you know, Dilfer on a team with one of the top defenses in the history of the game. Uh, Johnson on a team with one of the greatest histories in, in, in you know, a Super Bowl era. Um, it, it, you know, that we don't have that. I mean, if we, you, you look at our defense, we are not Baltimore, you know, Ravens with Ray Lewis. We are not Tampa Bay. Uh, Buccaneers with a bevy of, you know, Hall of Famers uh, on the defense. We were, we're not those teams. So he's got to clean that stuff up because the reason we're winning by two points against the Jacksonville Jaguars is because he is not carrying this team. He is not doing his job, and he is putting us, you know, in jeopardy of losing. I mean, if we're squeaking by two points by Jacksonville, you, you know, what? Well, look at it. Look at it from this standpoint, Tony. If they kick both of those extra points, this game's tied. Oh, yeah, exactly. Right? I mean, if they don't go for two in the third quarter and simply just say, hey, you know what? There is going to be some more scoring to take place. Uh, We're just going to take it and we're going to – I mean, because Jacksonville had the lead. Yeah. Right? I mean, they were going for – which I don't even get. I mean, I put the loss – really, I put this Jags loss on their head coach – because if they just kick that and go up three and take a 20 to 17 lead, I don't know why they were going for 21 17. Like, I get it, like you're four points ahead, but you know what? You're putting, you're not putting pressure on the Browns if you don't get it, and you're still putting pressure on the Browns if you get the extra point. Yeah. You know, so that's, that's where I don't understand that decision. And so it would, should have been 2017 right there tie game 2020 when Parkey kicks the field goal midway through the third quarter then at the beginning of the fourth quarter Chubb scores the touchdown they sh- Browns realistically should have only been up seven and then Jacksonville comes down scores the touchdown right before the two-minute warning they should have just kicked the extra point and and gone on their way and it would have been a tie game and then we don't know what happens with the last two minutes or what go happens into overtime you know, the Browns could have lost this game, and the fact that it either didn't go into overtime or the decision wasn't forced in those last two minutes, that's on the Jacksonville coaching staff. Yeah. No, I I, I agree with that. I mean, so we could have realistically lost this game, and that's where it's like, you know, you need – the running back stepped up. You know, Landry got his touchdown. It, you need your quarterback to make those basic plays, and and it's it's been a challenge this year. And, yes, they're winning, so don't get me wrong – and it's nice to see the Browns winning, but they're not winning in a form or a fashion that is going to consistently keep this team elevated. Baker's not even averaging 200 yards per game passing. He's below 200 yards per game. And that's not a function of 
just our run game. There are other rush offenses in the league that are averaging a substantial number of yards on the ground, and their quarterbacks are still throwing for more than uh, 200 yards a game. For for example, uh, (laughs) the Jacksonville Jaguars with Mike Glennon, uh, who passed for 235 yards, two touchdowns, zero interceptions. They had uh, James Robinson rush for 128 yards, a 5.8 yard per carry average, and one touchdown against our Browns defense. So um, I I don't know. I, I guess as much as you're looking to I guess as much as I'm looking to, I don't want to. I don't want to drag you into this unwillingly. Uh, as much as I'm going to blame it a little bit on Baker. I mean, the other reality. I guess we do have to pause, stop, pivot, and blame the defense a little bit too, because um, our de- our defense is suspect. If we're giving up 235 yards passing, two touchdowns, uh, and, and 128 yards rushing to James Robinson. No, no disrespect to James Robinson. <laughs> but, I mean, that that Tennessee team, look at that Tennessee team that's rolling in here. and Look at their personnel. Um, I, I think if we're giving eight, up 128 yards to James Robinson, uh, you know, we, 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 probably, we probably need to, uh, you know, maybe tighten things up a little bit this week against the Titans because, uh, I mean, they're going to be putting up pinball numbers here if, if we don't. So, uh, well, and that's the thing. I mean, like I just said, you know, the Browns are averaging 160 yards per game on the ground, and people are like, well, that's why Baker's, you know, not throwing for 200 yards a game. Okay, well, the team we're playing this week, they're averaging 158. So three, whole three yards less per game on the ground, and Ryan Tannehill's averaging 50 more yards per game. He's up over, he's over 250 per game. Yeah. And, and so, so don't tell me that it can't be done. And, and that's the thing. And it, I, the Titans defense, yes, it is not. Yes, it's not an elite level defense by any means as well. But the offense that they're bringing in this week against this Browns defense is an elite offense. They are the third best offense in the league. And 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 the thing about their offense is this. Their offense will get first downs. It, it, you know they won't. They won't have to go for that big play. It, you know where their drive lasts two minutes or three minutes. They have the ability to run the ball methodically down the field to grind and wear you down and still score their points. And then it, what that does is keeps your offense off the field. So even even if their defense is lesser ranked than our defense. If their defense doesn't have to be on the field as long, that's not going to matter. And that's where you're going to kind of even that out. And they've got a coach, Vrabel. Trust me, he gets that. He understands that. And that, I don't don't anticipate them coming into this game and it being a shootout. I I see them coming into this game and they are going to attack our weakness, which is the middle of our defense. And they are going to slowly, methodically, march down the field and continue to score points the whole entire game to keep Baker on the sidelines so that there's no way for our offense to even, you know, put up any kind of big numbers. And and I just anticipate that's what the game's going to look like. Um, and, and it'll be interesting to see how, you know, Stefanski counteracts that, you, you know, what, what are we going to do to counter that? I, I guess the probably the only saving grace is maybe, they're going to attempt to slowly methodically march down the field, but we're just not going to make tackles and and that's not going to happen. (laughs) But but I I really anticipate this game being just that it's going to be like that, 
that wrestling move where you just get the guy in the ground and you just, you know, you know, wear him out, you, you know, just keep grinding, using their own body weight against them. And, and until they just eventually have to tap out because they don't have anything left. Yeah. I, I just don't, I don't know what's going to happen from that standpoint. I mean, I could see, I mean, Derek Henry is going to, I think run all over this defense and it, yes, it's going to be nice to have Garrett back. Um, but how much, you know, if he was, you know, uh, you know, I don't know what his symptoms were. I don't know how how bad he had it, yeah. and if it was significant, you know, he's not going to be a hundred percent. You know, de- depending on, especially, you know, was he able to work out? Was he able to, you know, keep weight? You know, all of those things are going to play a factor. Not just, hey, he's back. Yes, it's a benefit that he is back. But is he going to be the Miles Garrett that was? before he came back or is he going to be the miles Garrett? You know, maybe there are some repercussions um, from that. I mean, look at, you know, maybe not the perfect comparison, but look at what happened. Look at Cam Newton, right? I mean, the first four weeks of the season, man, Cam was lighting it up and then he gets COVID is out for a couple weeks and comes back. And it's just, he's not the same. Uh, And I don't know if that's just, Hey, they're playing better competition or Hey, maybe there were some, lingering physical effects where it's just, Hey, now I got to kind of get back into football shape because that took a lot out of me, even though I am still healthy. Well, uh, and here's the thing too. I mean, not to cut you, but you, you know, the, the problem that, that we're having this season and it isn't just with, you know, the, the names that you mentioned, I mean, it's pretty much, I, I've been to a, a, a ton of games, seen a, um, a ton of teams up close. And I think the one factor this year that is different than any other year is the fact that, you know, we're not, we're not talking, you know, we could talk about, hey, we missed the preseason. Okay, fine. We missed more than the preseason. I mean, we're going all the way back to March. <laughs> I mean, so we missed a lot of those mini camps look different than they did. Um, you know, certainly no summer camp, uh, you know, the way it's normally um, played, no preseason. And, and you already have, um, you know, a situation where we've got a limited amount of contact to begin with, even without covid and now you got a guy like Garrett that's been out for a couple weeks. Hey, man, when, when you get into this Tennessee game and all of a sudden you've got a running back that's the the top of the game, <laughs> and he's going full speed, and you haven't seen full speed in you know weeks. It's it's hard. It's hard to adjust to that. And, and I I would be I'd be hard pressed to say that there's no way that I believe he's going to play the full game. I think he's going to be limited. In a snap, because here's the here's the thing: is as much as we'd love to win this game, the goal is to, you know, go deep into the playoffs. So I don't think they're going to jeopardize. If it looks like he can't go full go for a whole game, I don't think they're going to leave him in there. I think they'll probably limit his snaps, and um, you know, that doesn't bode well for us. You know, for this week, it probably bode well for us. You know, for the rest of the season. But if you don't have Miles Garrett in there at one hundred percent. I think your chances of stopping this offense are, are zero to none. I, I mean, it, it's just well, going to happen. Yeah, and I agree. And I think if you're looking ahead, a really, I mean, even just to the Baltimore week, where normally you would say, man, you know, hey, you're going to get Baltimore's going to be fine. They're going to be just like Cleveland. They're going to have the extra rest to a certain extent of the extra day. You know, the Browns could gain an advantage a little bit in that game because, as get this, on a Monday night game, the Ravens are going to have a short week, and they're going to have back-to-back short weeks oh. <laughs> because, you know, you were at the game yesterday working for Zebra at Pittsburgh. They played a Wednesday game, 
Next week, they're playing a Tuesday game, so that's a short week. Then they're playing a Monday game, so again, that's a short week. So if you're looking at it from a Brown standpoint, you get the Ravens. Yeah, they obviously had a big break from the the Tennessee Titans game to the Pittsburgh game, but they've now lost three in a row, and now they're going to have to play back-to-back short weeks. Resting Garrett, if he is not 100%, to set him up, to be back and ready and fully healthy for that Baltimore game on the 14th, that could be, you know, a a key decision because, you know, they're, I'm not saying they can't make the playoffs because, you know, Baltimore, they have talent on that Baltimore roster. They are not playing well right now. And obviously they had some COVID issues this week, but it seems like their entire team has already had it now. So if they're able to play the rest of the season, they'll probably be okay. Uh, but it seems like that is the game where maybe, like you said, with, hey, we're not sure how 100% this guy's going to be. You know, Hunt's been held out of practice, a limited participant in practice. You know, you do have some guys that are questionable along the offensive line. It's probably still going to play. I can't imagine Treader, Teller, and Conklin are all going to be out. But they're all on the injury report. And so maybe you do just, hey, you know what? Let's go out there. Let's, let's run what we can run. But, you know, it, it, it's not... You never want to say, hey, we're not going to play 100% this game because that's not what's going to happen. But like you said, hey, if guys are injured, we're not going to – whereas, hey, if it was something where, hey, it was a little pull or a little strain or you're just not 100% but you're you know 90%, you're still going to be out there. This week, maybe you dial it back a little bit for those guys. Yeah. yeah, Well, I I think think you're going to have to. And – you know, it's it's interesting. You're talking about Baltimore and, and kind of moving the schedule. I, I I mean that I'm kind of seeing it up close. I mean, boy, what a muddled mess. I I, I mean, uh, you, you look at that game yesterday. I, I mean, to their credit, uh, not to jump around, you know, off the brown. But if you look at that game yesterday, I mean, they had 11 people out of that roster last minute. Um, yeah, fact that they were able to keep that game as close as they were, I mean, kind of tells you. I, I mean, where the competition at the top of this division is. I, I know Baltimore right now is behind us record wise, but I, I mean, I think talent wise, I, I can't imagine. I can't imagine the Browns being that close to the Steelers if we just stripped any eleven players off of our roster and just substituted people in at the line. <laughs> I, I just so, uh, you yeah, gotta take your hat off to Baltimore for that one. I, I know, you know, Tomlin was kind of on his team, you know, regarding uh just uh, you know how close the game focus. Yeah. But but hey man, it's tough. When you think about it, think about what those two teams went through. You were supposed to have a game on Thursday for Thanksgiving. So you probably altered all your yeah, I mean, because we always we always focus on just that on field stuff. But imagine, I mean, with your family, you've altered all your plans for Thanksgiving because we're playing on that day. Everything's all changed, and yep. and all of a sudden, well, I'm going to be home for Thanksgiving, and and and, and then we'll, we're going to play, um, we're going to play on Monday, and then and then or t- well, no, we were going to play on Tuesday, Monday, and then and then all of a sudden, next thing you know, it's Wednesday, and we're playing. And, and they shut the facility down for two days. Did anybody? So imagine being ramped up for a game on Thursday. The game's called off. You have your Thanksgiving, however that looked, and then you, you end up with the weekend. They shut your facility down. You're not even allowed to practice, and then all of a sudden you got to ramp it back up again. I mean, it's tough. And then for them, you know, you know, to they move their Sunday game against Washington uh, Pittsburgh's, you know, to Monday now also too, and, and it's like. Man, that that's just how do you how do you prepare for that? When you look at those two teams, 
I think yesterday, uh, that game, you saw flashes of brilliance from the Steelers. But I think for the most part, they were just trying to just get through it. It looked like two teams that were like, you know, let's just get this over with so we can move on. And, um, you, you know, it's going to be interesting to see, as you had mentioned earlier. I mean, both of those teams, Baltimore and Pittsburgh, I mean, they are going to be hungry at the end of this. And when I looked at those two teams, not to jump ahead as far as the Browns, but that's why – I think you have to jump ahead a little bit and look, we've got to get sharper week to week. And if, if like we just said before, if we're going to play like we played against Jacksonville this week, then we're done. We have to get better. Everything that Baker said yesterday has to happen. He has to make those passes that he should be making in his quote unquote sleep. He, we have to start getting first downs. We have to stop. Uh, you, we have to start eliminating the dumb penalties, which early on we were giving Stefanski credit for the fact that we weren't making those dumb plays. Those have started to creep in. And I think a lot of that creeps in um, because you're getting tired. Um, I think it creeps in because, you know, you do have starters who, who are out and you've got subs that are in there. Yeah, sure. But you're still getting paid to play. Like you, you, you've you got to be able to eliminate those errors. You can't beat yourself. So, you know, this week coming up, coming out of last week, this is our opportunity to step up and to get a little bit better and get a little bit closer to a team that's not just going to be able to make the playoffs, but but that's going to be able to compete in the playoffs. Because I know some people I've heard, hey, man, I just want to make the playoffs. Who's who's that? Who's that dummy? Like, I just want to make the playoffs, and that's it? Like, come on. Like, your your goal should be to, to compete in the playoffs. Like, to just make the playoffs, that just seems like a loser mentality to me. Um, we want to be able to compete, and the only way we're going to be able to compete is to get better each and every week. I wouldn't even say incrementally. Like we got to start taking some big steps. Forget the baby steps, but Baker, it, it's got to come, you know, from him first. He's got to be the leader on this if he's going to be the leader of the team. He's he's got to start hitting these open guys. We got to start scoring points. We got to start controlling the ball because if we don't do those things. A team like Tennessee is just going to thrash us. I mean, they will just make us look silly. And uh, we'll see how it goes this weekend. I mean, I, I don't know. Yeah, and that's the thing. It, it, you know, it it's going to be interesting. So, Tony, we'll get there now for this weekend. The line has moved substantially uh, since, since it opened and not in favor of the Browns. Uh, the early open was about three and a half. Um, Right now, I have the line at six um, and the over under at 53 and a half. So the Titans giving six points, the Browns getting six points, um, the over under 53 and a half. Where are you at uh, on this Titans Browns game at Tennessee this Sunday, Tony? I'm hoping I'm wrong. I'm I'm hoping I'm wrong, but I just, I just think. This Titans team is just uh, – the, the biggest factor is maturity level. And I just think that this Titans team is better coached. Their uh, leaders on the team are just more seasoned or more veteran or more mature. Um, you know, you're never going to hear Tannehill. He's not out for like a splashy headline quote after the game. He, I'd like the kid because he just goes in, he does his job, he gets out of there. The running game, they just they don't say anything. They just they come in, they get up their yards, and, and you know, get out of there. Their defense, 
you know, their their defense is certainly been suspect this year. But I think for them, you know, they're, they once again, they're well coached by a guy who's certainly defensive minded. And you got to believe they're coming into this game with something to prove. I mean, you know, when you got a team that that made as deep of a run in the playoffs as they made last year, nobody on that team wants to be the reason why they don't have a chance <laughs> to do that. You, you know, nobody on that defense wants to be labeled as the reason we didn't make a deep run again this year. Okay, so they're, they're going to step it up. And, and, and I think it's going to be real interesting to see um, how they react with, with our team coming in because I, th- I think our team is favorable for – a defense like theirs to have a good game and to get back on track. So long story short, I'm going with the Titans. I think they're going to win by more than two touchdowns. And man, on the over, I'm just worried about our end of it. I I am seriously worried about what (laughs) we're going to do, but I'll 53 and a half. I'll go ahead and go with the, I'll go ahead and go with the, uh, the over. Yeah, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna agree with you on the over because it, it, it's funny. the The matchups is, you know, the matchups are our our rushing game against their rush defense, which is not good. Their pass defense is good, but their rush defense is not great. So I think we're gonna be able to move the ball. However, our, our entire defense, I don't think, uh, is gonna be able to step up. And uh, you know, with Denzel Ward out and Garrett again being you know, whatever he may be, uh, I think they're going to be able to move the ball both through the air and on the ground. Um, so I think I, I think we're going to be able to hold up our end of the bargain this week. Uh, and and I think the Titans are, are going to put up some substantial points as well. I'm going to take the over. And I mean, I'm going to agree with you on all three this week. Uh, the six points, um, it's tempting, but man, I mean, it was it was three and a half. You know, and, and for a line to move that substantially uh, without any real, you know, yeah, you had the quick shutdown and reopen of the facility because the staffer tested positive uh, yesterday for the Browns. But but it doesn't seem to have a, had a lot of player impact. There doesn't seem to have been any player change in terms of injury or or COVID issues. And the lines moved what's probably going to might even get up to a six and a half. Um, you know, but it's already moved two and a half points. That's, that's pretty, that's pretty massive. Uh, and that means people were kind of under evaluating the Titans and, and maybe over evaluating the Browns. Um, and that Jacksonville game scared a lot of people, uh, cause there's still a lot of action coming in on the Titans. So I am going to say a hundred percent. I agree with you. Titans to win Titans to cover and, and I'm going to take the over. Um, as well, I think the Browns are going to be able to hold up hold up their end of the bargain. So it looks like, unfortunately, uh, the next time we come back, uh, the Browns might be staring at uh, eight and four as opposed to nine and three. And and as we've noted, that's going to put a whole ton of pressure on the Browns for that that Ravens game because that's going to be um, a key deciding factor in in who's going to get that second uh spot out of the you know the AFC North because I think it is there are going to be two teams from the north. Uh I don't know if there's going to be three teams now because the way some of the other teams in the league are playing. Um but the Browns and Ravens are going to be battling for it. And if if the Ravens can pull off a win this week, 
then you're going into that game and the Browns are likely going to be eight and four and, and the Ravens are, are going to be seven and five, you know, they're playing the Cowboys. So I'm, I'm assuming they're going to win um, from that standpoint. And then that's, that's going to be the key game. Um, so, all right. Well, it's a little downer note, little downer note as we're picking the opponent. But hey, you know, we got to be honest. We got to try to make some people some money. Well, well, too, and, and this maybe here's a little upper moment. I'm gonna, and I'm just gonna toss this in here. This is an extra bonus. Uh, doesn't you don't have to pay any extra for this? Pay me any extra for this this week? Uh, we were talking about the, um, you know, just the moving of this game in the short weeks. Just want to throw a little note in. I heard some folks whining uh, yesterday, I won't say from which team, about just how, um, you know, they're going to be forced to play in these short weeks. And I just want to remind everybody, in 1948, so we're going to go, let's jump in the way back machine. 1948, the Cleveland Browns played three games, three games in the span of eight days um, it, with with the first game um, of that three game set in uh, New York, and then the team had to fly from New York. They played the the New York Yankees at at uh, Yankee Stadium, a uh, game in which they won thirty four to twenty one. They jumped in a plane, flew to Cleveland, did their laundry, got the laundry done, jumped back in the plane, flew to Denver, refueled the plane. That's how small the team, <laughs> and then they landed in San Francisco. Uh, where they played the uh, 49ers, they squeaked out a 14 to seven victory there. Um, you know, which was seven days after that Colts game. Or, or, or no, they, they played the Dons. I'm sorry, they, they played the Dons first. They won 31 14 um, in Los Angeles, and then went to San Francisco and to the old Kizar Stadium um, and and beat the uh, 49ers in a in a shootout 31 28. But but yeah, they played three. Imagine that three games in eight days. In, in having to jump from coast to coast uh, like that in a, in a little plane, I, you know, had the opportunity to talk to a, a lot of the players who played in that game. Dante Lavelli said that guys like Lou Groza, you know, their backs were killing them just from being in the little tiny plane. So they would like alternate taking turns laying in the aisle so they could <laughs> their back out. And uh, so it, I imagine there's no one doing that in, in the modern uh, game. I mean, uh, you, you know, wearing these jumbo jets where everybody gets their own row in the plane. But yeah, so if, if you're if you're out there and you're you're a current player and you're complaining about wow, you, you know, my short week, imagine playing three games in eight days, uh, you know, in two coasts. I, I mean, it's just unbelievable, um, you know, where we've come, uh, how far we've come, and. and uh, so I just thought I'd throw it in there. A little little Cleveland history. Um, certainly one of those magical, that, that 48 season, magical season. I, I mean, we were, you know, undefeated. Uh, it, it, that Those three games came in the midst of a 29-game win uh, or unbeaten streak. I shouldn't say win streak. We had a tie thrown in there. But, uh, yeah, yeah, that's back. Boy, I can't even imagine being a kid living in Cleveland in 1948. You know, that what a magical year that was. Browns go undefeated. Indians won the World Series. I mean, they probably thought, man, it's going to be like this forever. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the Browns held up their end of the bargain, I guess, for a little while. But uh, uh, Indians, maybe not so much. But, yeah, just uh, so that's my little way back machine story. If you, if you want to look it up online and, uh, you know, read a little bit more about it, you can. But, uh, yeah, 1948, uh, three games, eight days, amazing. Um, just an amazing, uh, you know, feat. Uh I, I just can't imagine a modern team being asked to do that. It, it would 
Oh, the Players Association would never allow it to happen. Yeah. So, I don't know. I mean, yeah, that's the thing. It would not be done because uh, you 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 couldn't get the people to agree to do it. So, yeah. It, that's, yeah, that's never happening again. Yeah, you're looking at the Ravens. They got three in 13 days. Um, that's probably about as close as you're ever going to get uh, in the nowadays. A little fun fact about that. Well, last fun fact. The person who talked them into doing that, uh, was a, a really good personal friend of uh, Coach Paul Brown. His name was Branch Ricky. Uh, so you, you probably <laughs> uh, have heard of Branch. He was actually part of the ownership group for the Brooklyn um, Dodgers uh, at that time. And um, he basically said, hey, listen, it worked for us in um, in baseball, you know, the barnstorming, and we would send our best teams from coast to coast to, to play these games. You should try it, and that's why we did it. And um, – I don't know. So there you go. The rest, as they say, is history. There we go. So, uh, hey, and it worked out pretty well there for uh, for both of those guys. Yeah, you know, they both ended up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Th- those two did okay for themselves. Yes. Uh, so, all right, Browns backers, that's all we got for you. Head on over to betonline.ag. Get your bets down. Uh, I was two and one last week. Tony was uh, three and zero. Oh. I'm twenty three and ten on the season. Tony's uh, twenty and thirteen. So, we'll see what we got coming up. All right, Browns backers, have a good one. All right, take care. Chop check. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.